Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Matt, and welcome to episode 61 of the Junior Golf Keys podcast presented by Golf Zone Ledbetter. Golf Zone Ledbetter includes a global network of 40 academies across 15 different countries, as well as Ledbetter University, which offers education and certification for teaching professionals around the world. To learn more about Golf Zone Ledbetter, you can visit the website at www.ledbetter.com or download the free Golf Zone Ledbetter app in your app store today to access content for players, coaches, and parents. Uh, this is the second of five lost episodes that were recorded but not yet published, and I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm excited uh, for our episode for our guest this week. Our guest this week is Grayson Sig, PGA Tour player. Uh, Augusta native and plays out of St. Simon Island. Um, Grayson and I had a really good chat. Uh, He's a great guy. He's got a great personality and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So uh, just to give you a little bit of background on Grayson as an amateur, obviously a good career. He played at the University of Georgia. He was named third team All-American after winning three times in his junior year and was a co-captain. Uh, as the Dogs made their way to an SEC championship victory. Uh, also captained, captained the University of Georgia team in his senior year uh, before he turned pro then in 2017. So uh, McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, Q School. Grayson uh, finished T3 after rounds of 71, 67, 67, 69. And in that 2017 season, uh, thanks to four top tens. He ended the year 20th on the order of merit to earn an exemption into the second stage of Corn Ferry Tour Q School. Uh, 2018 season, Grayson played in all 12 McKenzie Tour events. He made 10 cuts, recorded uh, three top 10 finishes, number 18 on the order of merit at the end of the year, which also earned an exemption into the second stage of Corn Corn Ferry Tour Q School and he gained uh, 2019 McKenzie Tour full status. Uh, 2019 season, he played in all 12 McKenzie Tour events. Uh, He made 10 cuts and finished in the top 10, or I'm sorry, in the top 25 eight times. Uh, He ended the season number nine on the order of merit to earn his 2020 Corn Ferry Tour membership. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour is where I first met Grayson. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, in the episode, but 2020 season, uh, he played in eight events uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. And as we move on to the uh, 2021 season, uh, Grayson earned his first PGA Tour card as he finished the 2020-2021 combined season number two on the Corn Ferry Tour points list. So this episode actually I recorded uh, right after that took place and Grayson earned his PGA Tour card so that was a pretty cool conversation got to congratulate him there Um, but like I said finished second in the Corn Ferry Tour points list after he ended the regular season uh, at number six Uh, two wins 10 top 10s 19 top 25s across 35 starts Uh, His two victories came at the 2021 Visit Knoxville Open 
and the 2021 Albertson Boise Open presented by Chevron. So um, as you can see, Grayson has had a very successful career so far, and uh, he's definitely somebody to learn from. He's currently ranked 125th in the FedEx Cup rankings um, and just an all-around good guy, somebody that enjoys life, uh, not taking himself life or golf too seriously. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well in the episode. And we're going to dive into just what his path has been, what his journey has been, uh, you know, from being introduced to the game up through the junior ranks, uh, playing at the University of Georgia. We're going to talk about, you know, obviously his path. And I just shared some of uh, what that's been in terms of, you know, how he's paved his path in the professional rankings. Uh, But always best to hear it firsthand Uh, from somebody that's been through it. So talk about that. We're going to talk about patience and perseverance. And we're going to talk about gratitude. Um, Overall, really good conversation. Grayson's a great guy. Love talking to him. Love staying connected with him. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So I appreciate you joining. Um, You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with this week's episode with Grayson Sig. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys, uh, presented by Golf Zone Ledbetter. Today, I've got the number two ranked Corn Ferry Tour player in recent victory uh, in Knoxville, right? Uh, Grayson yep. Sig. Been a year, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, you know, want to keep spreading some of the word of, uh, you know, how some of you guys are making it on tour and how you've had so much success and hopefully we can help some of these junior golf families just navigate their own journeys. So that's what this thing is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So just for context purposes, let's start off, uh, tell the audience a little bit about how you got introduced to the game of golf. Absolutely. So I was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. So pretty big golf town there. So that was always nice every year when the masters came around and, you know, we had our spring break was always during masters week. So we were able to, you know, when I was a young, young guy and didn't know much about the game, I was able to kind of go to the Masters and be around that, that tournament. And, you know, it's hard not to like everything about golf when you're in there at Masters Week, right? Yeah, there are so, worse environments. Um, exactly. So it was a pretty good, pretty good environment for me to, um, you know, kind of get in the game. And, but again, you know, I started playing when I was four years old and, and my brother played college golf. Um, my dad played both my grandfathers played so it was, you know I was kind of born into a family um that that loved playing golf and like I said being from Augusta it was a huge golf town so yeah you know there was a, there was a lot of a lot of roads that that led me to to where I am today in the golf world for sure what was that starting off experience like for you I mean did you obviously you got to learn to make contact and you know that's pretty I guess that's a given right but yeah what, what was that process of kind of getting introduced and kind of progression? You know, I, I don't remember a whole lot of it when I first started, but I just remember, um, you know, my dad's got some funny videos of me, like, going to the driving range. And, you know, I, I'll tell you this is from, from, you know, my personal opinion on it is, like, if you're young and you want to play golf, go out there and have fun with it. Don't go out and take it too serious at such a young age. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that right now in my, you know, professional career, you know, taking it too serious sometimes. I mean, I don't play good when I'm super serious. And when I'm out there having fun and, you yep, know, yep. laid back, that's when I play my best and have my best finishes. So, 
you know, there's something to be said about that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's most importantly, it's, it's there to have fun. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, if you're young and you want to take it up, then go out with your buddies and, you know, just go and, you know, try some, play some fun games, figure out some games that you like to play. And, you know, that's what I loved about it growing up. There was always so many different ways to kind of challenge yourself or challenge, you know, somebody else, some of your buddies and, you know, play some fun games and try and see if you could beat them. And that was kind of the reason why I, I kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely that competitive atmosphere that you can create for yourself. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's different for everyone, right? I think you just got to find that, um, kind of find that and and what you like and, and, you know, fine tune it from there. But just like I said, I don't think, you know, going out and working with an instructor at a, you know, when you're six, seven years old is the answer. But I mean, some, some parents like to do that. Some guys like to do that. But for me personally, I think, you know, it's just fun to go out and, you know, play and, you know, have, have fun with it. I mean, that's, that's the main, that's the main goal there. Yeah. When did you start, is I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit with this just in my own game, and I'm nowhere near yeah. in ev- uh, the level that you're at. But Oh, come on, you are. Decent amateur player, decent <laughs> amateur. Um, but I've gone back and forth, and I've recently got turned on to something um, just as it relates to personality and mindset and those types of things where uh, we all learn differently. And I knew that already, but you kind of mentioned something around along the lines of you figured out that you have – more fun or when you have more fun or you don't take it as serious, you play better. I'm curious from your perspective, because you obviously came to a point where you learned that the more serious you took the game or, you know, you found that if you had more fun, typically your results reflected better. And I'm just curious how you came to that conclusion. Was there a process to figuring that out for you? You know, I don't, I just think it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, I've played a lot of golf tournaments in the past, you know, five years. So learning, you know, when, when I'm coming off of a stretch where I've been home and working hard at it, you know, playing here every day and practicing, that's when, you know, I get on the road and I feel like things start great. But yeah. when, you know, perfect example, like this past week after I won, right, I wanted to come home. It, you know, the Monday after I finished first and instead something, some, somebody was like, I think you should go to Kansas city. I was talking to my, my parents because I went home Monday night and they were like, I think you should, you should go. So I ended up going. And to be honest with you, I didn't, wasn't thrilled about being there. Right. I mean, I was tired. I'd be on the road for three or four weeks. And, yeah. you know, I was like, I, I wanted to sit back and enjoy this, but I, so, but I hunkered down and I was like, I need to go. But at the same time, while I was there, I was almost ready to leave and, you know, like looking forward to the, my week off more as opposed to focusing on, you know, everything. And so, like, if you put that in perspective, and my preparation for last week was about as minimal as you could possibly get. I mean, I got there Tuesday afternoon, played nine holes on Wednesday, and that was it. And I putted for, like, eight minutes, and I was like, I'm, I can't. Right? So, it's just, yeah. it's just stuff like that. And where, kicked in another top five, by and, the way. And exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, the couple weeks leading up to, um, to Knoxville, that was when I was trying hard. And golf was, you know, super easy for me. And I was practicing crazy, you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't figure this out. You know, I'm putting in all the work. And, you know, I, I yeah. can't, shoot, can't seem to shoot more than two under. Not putting good, not hitting it good. Yeah. Just a little bit of everything. And I was trying so hard. And then – 
something obviously clicked in Knoxville. That's, you know, that's when you knew it was when, when that goes on, you know, it's your week. Right. But, oh yeah, you know, that's what I would say is a week like last week was when, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be there and I'm just like kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Then sometimes that's good because sometimes you're not worried about results. You're worried about, you know, and there, you know, there was definitely some times where I was grinding it out, but sure. it's not like I didn't try. Right. But I was there trying, but it's just a different little mindset that yeah. I think has, it kind of speaks volumes to, to kind of playing some or showing some good results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, want to pivot a little bit. How did you, you know, just kind of expanding on how you grew up playing the game. How did you approach junior golf? Uh, there's a lot of, I get this question a lot. I have families that are curious and young players that are just curious as well. You know, rankings are always such a big topic. Um, AJGA, junior golf scoreboard, Wagger. Um, but at the same time, there's a group of players that love the team competition aspect of high school golf. Yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty apparent at this point that traditional high school golf and ranked tournaments is just a different caliber of play. Um, but they both bring something different to the table. So I'm just kind of curious what your path was that way. So when you say ranked tournaments, what do you mean as opposed to high school? Uh, I mean, your high school golf, I would say traditionally is like playing matches against other schools, going yeah, to yeah, regionals, yeah. districts, state, yeah. all that stuff. Okay, um, so I did. I played um, played a little bit very locally when I was a junior. Um, some AA, JGA stuff, Augusta Area Junior Golf Association, and um, I went to played in middle school. I, you know, and I never was like you know a lot of parents that, that I grew up with, a lot of kids that I grew up with were always traveling at such a young age, and you know my dad didn't we didn't do a whole lot of traveling I mean I probably played in the summertime when I was you know I'd have to really go back and look Matt but it, it was probably when I was 12 to 13 and 10 to you know probably 10 to 13 is when I started traveling yeah you know a few tournaments in, in the summertime to SJGTs or you know AJGAs that's kind of when it got going but to be honest with you we didn't do like we did some local stuff and then middle school stuff and then high school stuff. And that was, you know, that was about it. We, you know, I, I there's so many guys and you see this. And um, I was actually having this conversation the other night. It's like, you know, there's so many kids these days that are going traveling the world when they're 13 years old and, you know, their parents are trying so hard and they want it so bad for them. But the, 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 the student and the kid has to want it and they want to, they want to be able to have fun, right? Like you got to keep it competitive and, and you can't have them peak. You can't, you know, if you're going to, if you want to get to the PGA tour, you got to be fresh when you're, when you're turned pro, right? I mean, you don't yeah. want to be, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old and be like, I've been traveling the world for 15 years already. This is our, you know, I'm already I'm sick. Of wiped this. out at this point. Yeah. It's wiped out. I mean, you're burnt out. Yeah. And that's, that's such a big, like, you know, I'm not saying you can't travel to go play golf, but I'm just sure. saying that, you know, you don't have to feel like you're traveling every single week or playing every single event when your son is 13 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not, that's not important, right? I mean, you're better off with quality over quantity, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, really, there's no reason to put yourself or – build your schedule like you're a tour pro when you're it, not when you're 13 like yeah. that's just and you see it often I mean I know, I know. Seen it. I've seen it I mean I see it with some of my close friends in Augusta and I'm like guys you can't you know 
Yep. I mean, even if he's shooting unbelievable scores right now, you know, he's still got six, seven years until he goes to school, to sure. college. Well, and, and that and time, then, too, and like – the got four or five years in college. And then, you know, the ultimate goal for most parents and kids who start playing is to play professionally, correct? I mean yeah. – not not for everyone, right? And you know that, but guys who are traveling, you know, when they're 12 years old and they're pretty... If they're taking that approach, yeah. They're taking that approach, right? I mean, right. and that's, you know, I'm not saying that's the deal for everyone, but majority of the guys it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's yeah. it's funny, you know, I see that all the time and it makes me like, you know, because like, and I'm not saying the way I've done it is like the, the smartest way or the, the only way to do it because there's, you know, it's golf. Yeah, there's there's thousands of ways to do everything, but for sure, um, I, just, I just hate to see kids get burnt out at such a young age. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. I'm curious of your advice that you would give back to parents and players on this, but it kind of reminds me of a conversation I had on a previous episode with a buddy of mine named Mark Buckles, who was a kicker and soccer player at Clemson, and then yeah. after he graduated, qualified for the U.S. Public Links when that was still around. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, just an all-around great athlete. But he trains kids uh, in his spare time for soccer mostly. And in the beginning, he doesn't really care where they want to get to. He just wants to identify where they want to get to in the beginning of working with them. And then based on their answer, if their answer is, to your point, I want to go professional, then he says, okay, I know how to get you there. And this is what you're going to need to do to get there. Are you sure that's what you want to do? And, and yeah. so then he builds the schedule around that. So um, I'm just curious what approach you think parents should be taking with kids that have aspirations. And I think one big thing that you, one key thing that you said was the kid has to want it. And um, how do parents identify that? How do kids identify that? I think sometimes kids struggle with like, is this what I really want for me? Or am I trying to make yeah, mom and dad happy? That's a huge, that's a huge you know, I think it's a problem in today's society. I mean, with parents, you know, overworking their kid or over pushing them to, you know, I mean, sure, it's great for everyone to want their child to go to the PGA Tour. But at the same time, if your child doesn't want to do that, then that's not the right thing to do, right? Yeah. And it's just not going to end well. I mean, you know, life is bigger than golf. I can tell you that. And, and there's so much more important and like, you know, you got to get your priorities straight. Like for me, like if, you know, family before golf and all this stuff, I know it's my job and my livelihood, but yeah. you know, the more and more I put in front of golf and like, you know, I got to put on the last hole to finish second or, you know, it's, you got to put, put, put it in perspective. Right. I mean, it's just sure. golf, just another golf shot, but back to kind of what you were saying, it's like, you know, I, I just think that it's important for the kids to have to, to you know, want to play and, and want to go to practice, want to study in school and, you know, want to stay competitive. And, and they got there's just a way that you, ne- you need to try and make it fun for them, correct? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, the more fun that this, the kid's having, then, yeah, he's going to want to play, right? He's going to want to do that. But if you make it, you know, a, a daily routine where it's, at, you know, 5 in the morning we're going to work out when he's 13 years old, Mm-hmm. he's probably not going to do it again <laughs> right you know like yeah. so just keeping it competitive and fun I mean it's and like I said earlier it's just you know everyone's different everyone likes to do kind of some some different things and um everyone's triggered differently so yeah figuring it out and and just letting them have fun and letting them go and you know making sure they want to do it yeah would be my advice to them yeah for sure 
Uh, yeah, and I think it's always a tough conversation for parents. Yeah, that, well, it's, it's a tough one for sure. I mean, you see it in probably every sport these days, right? Yep. And, I mean, it's funny, like, I'll tell you a story um, a college coach was telling me the other day, and it's, you know, it's becoming hard for some of the guys to recruit, and this will be a good story for some parents who, um, you know, who, who maybe want their kid to go play in college and blah, 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 and, and, you know, all that good stuff. But so they were saying that nowadays it's almost becoming like they're having, having to recruit the parents. <laughs> before yeah. the kids right and it's making it hard for them because you know they like this kid but then the you know they think that their dad might be a little overbearing or, or their mom you know whatever it is so it kind of they shy away from them and yep. and more and more that happens because it's not good for the team aspect when the, when the kid gets there I mean right they want these coaches want to recruit these players oh yeah right they right. they don't have time to recruit the moms the dads like and you see it. And I think a lot of college coaches are having to deal with it because, you know, they know once they get to school, then their dad, they're going to be there. The dad's also on the team essentially. Right. And yeah. they, they don't have time to do that. And, you know, they, the, the coaches, the college coaches are, are good at what they do. Right. Yeah. So once they get that kid there, then they're going to be able to coach him and fine tune him and make him the best player he's going to be. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I've had the same conversation with college coaches on this podcast. We've talked about it. And a bunch of them. I mean, I think everyone will tell you that. And so, you know, and I think parents know that, and it's hard for them to kind of swallow. But at the same time, it's like if if your son's good enough, he's going to go. Oh, yeah. Right? He's going to play. He's going to play, and he's going to get looked at. So just, you know, just wait for him. If he has results, great. If not, then – you know, we'll, we'll look at D2 or D3. And sure. that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you want to play college golf, as long as you can play somewhere. And that would be my advice, would go to a school where you can play. Because, you know, I missed a few events. And when I was sitting at home, it was not fun. Mm. And yeah. I've, I've always felt bad for the kids on our team when, you know, they, they were struggling and they never really could travel. And that's when that's when that's the funnest part when you're traveling and, you yeah. know, you want to go somewhere where you can actually play, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, sitting on the – no one wants to sit on the sidelines and not travel and, and go do fun things with a team. But, yeah, yeah I just you just got to make sure you can go and and, uh, and go somewhere where you can play, you know, and just stay competitive. Yeah. You're a bulldog. You played at the University of Georgia. Yep. Uh, what was your recruiting process like? So I want to say I started to be recruited a little bit when I was probably 14, 13 or 14. And like I said, I should have done done a little bit of my research before I talked to you this morning about <laughs> kind of some of this, some of this good stuff. Cause it's so long ago and That's all right. so many golf tournaments ago, but I want to say when I was probably 13 or 14, um, a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of recruiting and um, some SJGTs and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I played a lot of this, the local state stuff, the GSGAs and, um, some of that good stuff. And, you know, I got some of the, co- not, not too many coaches, you know, as far as like AJGAs and stuff, but yeah. um, travel, I, I made it to the U S junior one time, which was pretty cool. And that was out in, uh, Oh, where was it? Beaverton, Washington, I believe. 
Oregon, probably uh, Beaverton's where Nike is, I think. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh it wasn't Beaverton, it was just outside of Seattle. I can't remember the name okay. of the town, but Beaverton yeah. is Oregon, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had a few coaches and I went I started going to a couple of college visits when I was uh, a freshman in college. And it was funny, like there there were some schools where I didn't I knew that I didn't want to go to. Yeah. But my dad made me go to him anyways. And which I, I think was which was great, right? To go check out visits and you know, because you really don't know. You might go there and you might fall in love. And there, that happened a few times where, you know, there was a school. Where I was like, man, it's so far away from home. And, like, my dad yeah. and I and my mom went. We made the trek over. And I was like, this is the, one of the coolest schools. And it was Ole Miss. And I was like, you know, this this is an awesome place. But Yeah, that's you know, what my it, dad played. It, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I loved it. I mean, I fell in love. But at the same time, it was just a little too far. And, yep. um, you know. Georgia was probably a little better option for me, but you know, stuff like that, I would recommend going and, and seeing every school and cause you never know like what's going to happen. And if you fall in love at, um, yeah. you know, a certain place. What was important for you when you were looking at schools? What were you evaluating? Um, number one was coaches. And then I would say, well, really I would say number one or number, you know, I think these two can be kind of argued if they're most important, but the, the other guys on the team, because you're going to spend most time with them and you're going to bond with them. And you got, I mean, pretty much every day with those guys, right? I mean, yeah. you're living with them. You're, you're going to study hall. You're eating pretty much every meal with them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's like a brotherhood. And I think having the other guys on the team and guys that you can, you know, really kind of mesh with is very important. But coaches are a great thing. Um, I mean, nowadays, all these schools have unbelievable facilities, right? I mean, you, you just look at some of these athletic facilities in the country. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. But that's also very important, right? I mean, a good sure. facility is great. Yep. Yeah, you need that. I mean, you got to be able to develop yourself and have the equipment yeah. and tools to do it. Exactly. Um, academics is very important. Uh, Are you just I, saying that? Well... <laughs> No, I'm, I'm being serious. No. I'm being serious because I think this is a real topic. I, I think it's something that – I think it's – I think academics are important. I think education is important. 110%. It 100% is. Um, but it, it is very important for me. I'll tell you from my experience with it, it just kept me more in line and, like, kind of mentally there. And that's why it helped my golf game, right, because it was okay. like – if you're studying, if you're doing what you need to be doing, you know, because I didn't miss a class one time. And a lot, of, a lot of guys and students never go to class. And, yeah. You know, we had to go to class. So stuff like that, just keeping a routine and, you know, going to class every day, studying, doing your homework, making sure it was done, going to study hall. Like stuff like that helps your golf game yeah. and helps structure you in college. Because it's very – I mean, college is a whole different ball game. I mean, you know yeah. how it is. It's just like – you get thrown out there and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't have to, you know, yeah. my mom, I don't have to come home at eight 30 tonight. I can kind of do whatever <laughs> I want, but, um, yeah, I was five yeah. hours away down in Eastern Kentucky. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could do whatever I wanted. Right. Exactly. And, and I did so, some, but you yeah. know, I learned some lessons well, because of that too. There's definitely the right time to kind of go out and have some fun, but for sure. Um, academics are very, I mean, you know, and not like, I, like we were talking earlier, not everyone's going to turn pro. I mean, yeah. you need a you need a backup plan. That's that's important because right. if you don't have a backup plan and you are playing professionally for the first couple of years, and probably puts a little bit more stress on your golf game because knowing that you have to make this putt or you know you have to make this cut, you know that's not good. Yeah, 
Is there a fine line there though? Like of you got like you want to have a plan B or a backup plan, but at the same time, does that take away some of your headspace for what you're trying to actually accomplish for? I I would always say it's good to have a backup plan. I mean, you know, because there's a lot of things that could happen. You could get injured. Um, You know, injuries do happen, unfortunately. And, um, you know, if things don't go great. Um, But, I mean, here again, like, I've known a lot of guys who have been really good. They just haven't figured it out their first time, and they go to work for two or three years, and they're like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to do this golf thing again. Yeah. Like, I figured it out. And next thing you know, they come back and they start playing great. Mm-hmm. And they kind of take off from there. I mean, there's, there's a few guys who I've known who are kind of in the midst of doing that. And, you know, sometimes if you just kind of, can kind of get your mind off of it for a year or two and, and come back to it, it's kind of fresh and, and good for you. Yep. Clean slate. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so after you go to Georgia, talk to us about your path to now the PGA Tour. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, that's nice of you to say that. It sounds pretty good, I, I, I will say. Yeah, it's um, cool. But, no, so I went straight to McKinsey Tour. Well, it's now called the Forum Tour. Um, yeah, temporarily, right? With temporary, the I think. COVID. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But it's McKinsey Tour up the PGA Tour Canada. Yep. And so I did a qualifying school for that my senior year and was able to get some status there and went up there and played for um, – the first three summers I was out of school and, and to be honest with you, it hit me in the face pretty fast with pro golf. Cause I, yeah. I got off to a good start and played very good. Um, if you can, if you go back and look, I mean, I, I don't think I finished, I think I might've finished 21st. I can't remember the numbers, but it was somewhere around 20, yeah. 20 or better on the money list all three years. So, and that's, that tour is not easy. Right. I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't even recognize those tours as, you know, even players, but, you go play, and those guys are those guys are pretty good up there. But oh yeah, um, so played up there in the summers. The first three years I was out, um, played a bunch of mini tour stuff around the southeast when I was home and not up in Canada. So that was fun. Um, I think those those days were you know definitely some of the reasons why I got to where I am today. Um, yeah. You know, playing with meeting some new buddies and. And playing some not not so great golf courses and staying in some pretty pretty bad hotels and stuff like that. So yeah. makes you kind of appreciate where you are today. Um, I think that's I think there's a lot to be said to go play some mini tours for a couple of years. It's good for every professional golfer. Yeah, as expand on to, that a little further. Why well, as opposed to just being thrown straight into you know, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't trade. You know, I wouldn't trade it for for anything. I mean, I love you know, kind of playing mini tours, playing the McKinsey tour for three years and yeah. learning. And, you know, I mean, understanding that like money is, can be tight playing golf. And sure. I mean, I played pretty good off the start. So I was always fortunate enough to, to be okay financially, but there's, you know, a lot of guys who struggle with that and can never, can't really ever overcome it, which is yeah. hard to do. Um, but, you know, the more and more you kind of see that on the, on the mini tours and, you know, I'm staying in a little bit nicer hotels, you know, the last <laughs> couple of years than I was in probably 17. So, yeah. it, you know, it's just nice to kind of see yourself progress and a little bit of everything. And, yeah. um, you know, it's always good to always good to see the, the purses go up on the tours that you're playing with as well. Yeah, for sure. What have been 
And if you could reflect back and just kind of give us a, a quick like transition. Yeah. From college to McKenzie, from McKenzie to Corn Ferry. I know that you just gained full status for PGA, but, uh, but you've already experienced playing in majors, playing on the PGA yeah. Tour. Um, what is the difference from a player's perspective in terms of what you need to bring at each level to be successful? So as opposed to like McKinsey tour to college or just like, yeah, so like when, when you were transitioning from college to the McKinsey tour, there were probably some things that stood out to you that yeah, you were so like, that right off the bat, it's like, all right, well, I'm certain this. Cause it was literally the week after NCAAs. Yeah. The corn, the uh, McKinsey tour, excuse me. Yeah. So it's like, you're thrown up there with nothing. Right. I mean, you don't have any money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. and you're having to like you know the credit card bills like oh my god i got this this hotel costs 800 dollars for the week and i gotta rent a car yeah you know and now i gotta eat and, and then you start thinking about stuff like that and I better play do, good now yeah and then you better play good right <laughs> yeah. and then you're like wow this is reality you know i'm, I'm used to my coaches paying for this and yeah. you know college the the you know athletic association but you know one thing is is patience i mean it's you know i was extremely not I'd like to say I was patient, but, you know, there were times where I was very frustrated with it and like, man, you know, I didn't get through second stage of Q school and I feel like I'm playing good, just didn't have a great week, you know, one bad day at Q school and, you know, next yeah. thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to, you know, Canadian tour again next year and sitting around for a couple months and it's just, you know, but that kind of stuff's good because it drives you to work hard. Um, sure. But I would say just patience and like, you know, it's funny, like, nowadays if if i'm tired then i i just come home right because for me if i'm tired and not playing good um then it's then you're better off coming home and taking a week off and yeah you know i'll be honest with you when i come home i, I don't half the time unpack my my golf gloves for my suitcase <laughs> yeah i mean i might get them out on friday or saturday and you know practice around but i mean it's it's so good to get away from the game and, you know, it just kind of unwind because we get so much of it. Um, but as far as, like, transformation, I mean, I haven't seen much, transforma- like, difference between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour um, from the little bit that I've played out there. I, I think definitely the guys, you know, the Big Ten or whatever, you know, the, you know, the Phils, Phils, which is awesome that Phils back in that oh, kind of category of big players. Um, yeah, hell of a week. But I mean, those guys are, you know, those guys are a different breed, right? But yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's just such a fine line. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's, you know, there's definitely a, a, a pretty big line from college golf to, to the Canadian tour, I would say, as far as just, yeah. I mean, the fields are deeper. Yeah. And I would even say the fields are, a little deeper um, going to the McKinsey or t- going to the Corn Ferry tour as well. Yeah. But I mean, the, you know, and here again, there's, there's just so many good players and, you know, you, you're all, you look on the Corn Ferry tour every week and you're like, this guy can win this week. You know, there's so many different guys and there's so many good players. Cause right. you know, and, I've, I, and we've been playing against each other for, you know, 10 years. So we're all very familiar. Like, Yep. You know, I know this guy's good. And what I know what he's good. Yeah, and this guy's capable of going out and, and shooting low, and I know it. But yep. 
I mean, and, and truly it's just, every, you know, I always just tell myself you, you've got there, so you've got game, right? I mean, if you're there and, you know, just stay patient because you never know when your week's going to come. Yeah. Because, I mean, exactly like me in Knoxville, like, I want to say I'd finished 45th and, like, 50th the two prior weeks before, and yeah. I wasn't pleased, right? Yeah. I, wasn't, yeah. I, was, I didn't know what – you know, I was like, man, this game feels so hard, and next thing I know – I shoot nine under on Thursday, and I'm like, that was so easy. Right. I'm like, that it's was not like you should have shot 11. Yeah, I'm like, I, I can't believe I didn't shoot 59 today. Like, you know, it was like right. I left a couple shots. I'm like, you know, but that's golf, right? And, I mean, oh, you yeah. never know. Yep. And, I mean, last week, I, you know, I was obviously playing good. I opened up with a five under uh, in Kansas City. And then Friday, yep. I, I didn't make a birdie. I made three bogeys and shot 75. And I was like – this I almost missed a cut. I mean, made the cut on the number. Yeah, and I'm like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's like I can't. I couldn't sniff making a birdie today. I mean, my putting was terrible. Everything was bad. Yeah. And next thing, you know, and then the next day I come out and shoot seven under, and it's just like you just never know when when it's going to be. Yeah. Your time to. I mean, because it's it's weird. Golf works in mysterious ways. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. I mean, this year is. I mean, you've had 16 top 25s this year. Yeah. Nine top tens, one, and missed four cuts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a prime example of, you know, there's that balance, there's ups and downs. And, I mean, the, a lot of your season has been very solid, right? But For sure, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're still going to miss some cuts. You're still going yeah, to have to I mean, get back up. Yeah, I mean, you're still going to miss cuts, and you're, you're still going to be, you know, tired or not wanting to be there. But sometimes I do good when I don't want to be there, you know. Sure. Um, but it's just funny. You know, you, you just kind of start to figure it out and – you normally have a general sense before the tournament starts on on Thursday of how your week's going to go. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. Well, it so. sounds like patience is the key. There um, is I mean, my biggest takeaway from yeah, that. Yeah, it would be would be my number one thing. I mean, because it's hard. I mean, it's just like every other you know, it's like every other's job. I mean, it, you know, everyone doesn't just get thrown in there, you know, to be the CEO the first year they start working, right? I mean, For you sure. got to work your way up and learn. I mean, it's it's a learning curve, but I mean, you got to be patient and, and yeah. kind of take everything in and, and failure is sometimes good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about gratitude a little bit. You've used words in this chat, just fortunate and, yeah. um, you know, talking about your parents a little bit and traveling and stuff like that. Um, my first experience meeting you was at the Lee Com Sun Coast Classic. Uh -huh. I think it was either 19 or 20. I can't remember which year. It was, it was the first year we were there, right? Might have been, yeah. And uh, I came in and, and grabbed you out of scoring and asked you if you'd come up and talk with some of the sponsors yeah. and some of the fans and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was just kind of a fly on the wall for that experience. Just, you know, kind of brought you up, introduced you to some people and just let you do your thing and, and talk. Sure. And I was just really impressed with um, – one, just the willingness to go out there and just have the conversation and shake some hands and stuff like that. Um, and then just the candidness of it also. Um, just well, very open. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I saw a really cool video the other day of you out on a fishing boat um, with a young yeah. boy that I think has a YouTube channel or something uh, for uh -huh. fishing. And it seems like you're a very grateful person. And I just want you to talk about the importance of that uh, for this group. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the sponsors of these tournaments are the reasons why, why we're able to make a living. And, yep. you know, at the end of the day, I get to go travel the world and play golf. 
yeah. Thursday through Sunday. So, you know, as bad as I think we – as bad as we might think we have it sometimes, missing some cuts at the same time, you got to look yourself in the, in the mirror and go, listen, buddy, you, you're traveling playing golf. Like, come on. Yeah. Let's go have fun and, and let's go back to the basics and do this. But, I mean, the sponsorship and everything is so important to, to all of us professional golfers because if it weren't for them, then we wouldn't be able to play for the money we do. And, sure. you know, it's important for guys to, you know, sometimes it's you're probably not as willing if you, you know, bogey the last hole or something and, you know, that you're probably not as willing, but that's when you got to go, right? I mean, that's when you got to kind of tell yourself that this is important. This is the most important thing of the week. And, yeah. you know, the more and more you can kind of train yourself to kind of give back and um, it, it's, it's good. It's just good for the game in general. I mean, there was, there was guys like that, you know, when I was coming along who helped me get to kind of where I am today and, you know, kept me kind of kept me going and, yeah. It was always very helpful to me. So, I mean, I always made that – I always thought that was cool when I was young. So, yeah, you know, I always, uh, I always try to, try to do, do a good job with that. Yeah. What advice would you give to young junior players in that – just along those same lines? You know, there's some of these tournaments, the AJGAs and, let's say, Hurricane Tours and uh, some of the local tours that you were talking about. They don't happen at the scale that some of these tour events do yeah. uh, professionally. But – there's still a lot that goes into those from, you know, rules officials to, you know, tournament directors and planning committees and all those types of things. I had a conversation. Sure, it's, it's I've had, the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to um, Josh Brewer about this, you know, yeah. Josh, the women's coach at Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he said something that was pretty interesting. He was talking about his recruiting process and he said he always stops into the pro shop and just ask one of the workers, either a bag person or somebody working in the pro shop, is there anybody that stood out to you this week for good really? or bad reasons? And he said, it's just a really, it gives him some perspective on players and how they treat different people and how they treat their parents um, when they're yeah. out there, you know, at a tournament. So any advice you have for players that way or anything you got to weigh on along the lines of what Josh was talking about there? Um, I would say a few things would um, would be be extremely grateful to your parents because they've sacrificed a lot for you to for for you to be there that week. I mean, one, it's expensive. One, it takes up a lot of time and travel, and you know, I mean, they care about you, right? I mean, that's the reason why they're that's the reason why you're there yeah. because they want the best for you, and and you know, they want you to play good and and all that. Um, that would be my first, first little bit of advice. And second advice would be, I mean, I can remember when you were playing some AJGAs and there were some pretty big events. I mean, you're nervous, oh, yeah. right? I mean, that, <laughs> that's why we play the game, right? I mean, I couldn't feel my putter last week <laughs> on, on, uh, on Sunday when I had two putts, you know, or had, had a couple putts, had about an eight footer on the last hole to, to win the golf tournament. I couldn't feel my yeah. putter, but. Yeah. That's why you play the game, right? And it's, you know, nerves. I've had nerves all my life. And it was, I remember being nervous when I was 13 years old. And, you know, being – that's – that's I love it. I mean, that's why we do it. But anyways, just treat these tournaments like, you know, that like it's not the last tournament you'll ever play in. Um, I mean, I, I get it if you don't play good. But just know that you'll have plenty of opportunities to that will follow that, that event. And I just, you know, I, I kind of stick to that to, you know, to this day, it's like, Oh, well, if we're, we're going to miss this cut, we're going to play next week. So there's no reason to freak out. 
if you don't play good, there's no reason to change some stuff in your game. Just just stay confident and, you know, continue to do what, what you've been doing. And, um, I mean, nerves are great. Yeah. I love it. I mean, right. right? I mean, that's Sounds why. like you lean back on that patience, though. Yeah, in those it, it was, here it is. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah. you know, the, even if you're, you know, first event, you got a college coach that you want to go you know, the college you want to go to, the coach is watching you, you make a double or make a bad swing. Like, yeah. you got to realize that that coach has seen a lot more of that out of his own players in college than, than you can imagine. For sure. So, like, people hit bad shots. I hit bad shots. Tiger Woods hits bad shots. He misses short putts. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean. Well, you look at even Rory. Rory won, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, he's been hitting the ball all over the place. Exactly. And, and – you know, he scraped it. You know, he was hitting it better, I would say. But, um, you know, he is still hitting errant shots everywhere. But that's just why it's important. You just never know. And, yeah, you know, there's no reason to ever get down on yourself because, you know, I touched on this earlier. It's just a game yeah. to begin with. And, you know, as long as you're having fun with it, then who really cares what you shoot, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's really good up. advice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to move – towards wrapping up, but I just wanted to get a little insight before we do just on any advice you can give or just how do you, how do you approach practice and, um, and, and playing, I guess. Uh, just So um, we'll just say I haven't played a tournament in a while because um, my schedule is kind of weird. You know, I normally try to get it done when I'm on the road yeah. in the middle of the kind of middle of the season, but we'll say I'm kind of gearing up to go for, you know, like this year for the uh, LECOM again, that was like our first event back in a couple right. months. So um, I'm not a huge practice guy, to be honest. When I'm at home, like I play. I mean, I, I just try and get games with, you know, I got a bunch of guys up here in St. Simons that we always play a good group and, yep. you know, but everyone's different, right? I mean, that's something that you got to find that, that works for you, but I don't like to practice like me going out there and hitting balls on the range and like for more than 20 minutes, <laughs> and I, I start I'm like I'm doing something wrong now I'm, I get I feel like I get in bad habits when I go out there and hit ball, balls for a long time yeah but you know I'll, I'll go play and kind of assess my game and be like man I feel I don't feel great over these you know 10 feet and then putts or my speed's bad from 25 to you know 18 feet to 30 feet something like that yeah then you know once you kind of get an idea of, of what's going on and you know, if you're not hitting it great, not turning the ball over, then you can go work on it, right? I mean, don't just go hit balls to go hit balls or because your dad told you you need to go hit balls. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for you to do something like – and to be honest with you, when we're – when when I'm here practicing, we're playing – we're having a putting contest or it's like a chipping. We play 21 a lot. I mean, that's just what okay. – I mean, we're trying to absolutely – you know, destroy each other. And, yeah. you know, I'm trying to like, you know, take all your money, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. But I mean, right. that's what's, that's what's good. Competitive practice is the best practice. And, you know, I think it's, you do get in bad habits if you just go straight to the range or go straight to the putting range and just drop 10 balls and, you know, hit some putts for 30. I mean, what good does that, that doesn't do you any good. You might as well be yeah. home. Yeah. And I've had this, so, I've talked to a lot of people about this too on, on this show specifically. And, yeah. It always comes back to we're playing golf. We're not playing golf swing, right? So 100%. if you got something specific that you want to focus and work on that's going to help you improve 
playing the game of golf, not perfecting a swing just to perfect a swing, it's, then do it. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, it's funny. I've that's one thing I noticed, and I still see it. I mean, I still see people. I mean, you still see people play golf swing and more oh, yeah. get perfect. And it's like, dude, you just hit that. You just hit that the last drive. I saw you hit three twenty in the air and went dead straight. You're fine. Yeah, right. right? You're driving it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go. Like find it on the golf course and play golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just like it's so funny you see, and then you see some guys out here that are like you watch them hit balls on the range, and you're like, how did you get? You know, <laughs> you're like you're playing this week, really? Like, are right. you kidding me? <laughs> and then you get paired with them and they shoot like five under and you're like, how did you just do that? Yeah. And they're, you know, and they're, cause they're, that's how good they are at golf. Sure. I mean, that's sure. the name of the game. And it's yeah. like, dude, no way I just got beat by you today. I mean, that was the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever seen, but you just shot five under in my yeah. eye, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And you see it, but it's, I think those guys are awesome. I mean, the guys sure. who hit it kind of like, squirrely and shit you know they just get it in the hole and for that for you to go out and watch them play like yeah you know and their short games are lethal short games crazy i mean they make plus from 20 feet you know it's just like oh my goodness how did you how are you doing that but yeah yeah right yeah that's it's fun to watch those guys do it yeah it is um well like i said won't be conscious of your time and and no all good wrapping up man i i appreciate you doing this i think um absolutely and it definitely it definitely helps players and parents to hear from people that have been through it, that have been successful um, and are continuing to build that successful path. Well, I hope I was, I was helpful and um, listen, buddy, anytime you need me or any other questions you got, feel free to reach out and I will be more than happy to to try and answer them. Um, Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, seriously, it's easy for me to do and it's, it's sometimes good for me to, kind of sit back and, and talk about some things like that and kind of yep. where, you know, I mean, it's good to kind of keep those, those memories fresh and, you know, sure. what I like to do and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we can link back up and expand yeah. on some other topics and stuff like Love that to. too. Love yeah. to. So to wrap us up, um, one of the things I do kind of at the end is just kind of kick it back to you and uh, give you an opportunity. Just anything that we've talked about today that maybe sparked a question or something that you've got that I could answer um, or just contribute a little bit back to the conversation. Anything like that stand out for you at all or anything you're just curious Um, about me? So, okay. From a, from a fan's perspective, what do you think the difference between the McKenzie tour is and the PGA tour? The McKenzie? Yeah. I don't really get a chance to watch a lot of McKenzie tour events. Um, I'd say I compare it more so to corn Ferry. It's probably my easier, easier comparison, but um, I don't, I I kind of like you, I don't see. I mean, there's definitely a difference there, right? There's a difference, but in terms of talent, I think that there are just as many talented players on the Corn Ferry and the McKenzie Tour yeah. uh, that there are the PGA Tour. I think that uh, – I think we can continue just industry-wise and professional golf-wise to find new ways to give players opportunities right. to earn their way. Yeah. Um, because I think that's some of the toughest part of it is just to get a start. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I never went to first stage of Q school and I never made it out of Q school. 
I never, I yeah. never went to first stage cause I got, I exempted it through, through the Canadian tour yeah. and I made it to, to second stage. And I didn't get through it twice. Right. So I'm 0 for two at second stage of Q school. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, and I'm about to have a PGA tour card. So that, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Right. I mean, there's right. so many guys who it's been like, I mean, that second stage of Q school is probably the hardest golf tournament anybody will ever play. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's brutal. And even if you, I mean, you talk about that, you talk about Monday cues, you know, yeah. go out and shoot five under every week and get nothing out of it. Yeah. I mean, you're putting yourself in a position when I, and I think, I think that that's changed a little bit, the style of play for yeah. some of these young players that are coming up, like some of the really top ranked junior players, they're, they're out there trying to birdie every yeah. single hole. Because which is awesome. I mean, which is great because that's yeah. what you got to bring in pro golf. I mean, if you're, and I was, a, I was a victim of this when I was in school early on when I would get four under at the turn and I'm like, all right, let's just, you know, just take this <laughs> coast, to the house. Coast in. Yeah. yeah. Let's just shoot. Maybe we can shoot five under, but not six. We're not going to shoot six. <laughs> but now, I mean, it's like you get set six and you're like, like seven now. Yeah. Get seven. It's like eight. Got to get yeah. eight immediately. Because oh, yeah. if not, then somebody two groups behind you is already there. Yeah. And it's like, or, and it's like or it doesn't matter if I have a two-shot lead. Tomorrow, someone's going to shoot seven under regardless. Yeah. And that's just why it's so hard to win. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it's you're, you're honestly just never safe. I mean, it's just – just never well, know the, who's going to do it. The scoring averages since – I was reading a – this has been a few months back now, but uh, golf is a game of confidence, I think, is what yeah, it was. Yeah, I read that. Rotella? Good. Is it yeah. a Rotella book? Rotella, yep. Um, and I think he was telling a story in there about Davis Love and uh, some of the process that he went through a specific tournament. But they yeah. had mentioned in there a stat about the average tournament winning tournament scores in that time it was like it was like sixteen under or yeah, something yeah. like that. And now fast forward, you know, twenty twenty one. I mean, you guys are shooting twenty. Yeah. I mean. The LeeCom tournament specifically, I think. Yeah, it's like 24 every year. I mean, year. Hubbard won it the first year, 26. Yeah. Um, and think Novak about that. Think about that when you're – I think I shot 20 under that year and finished third. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about that at the beginning of the week where you're like, I got to go <laughs> shoot 25 under. I know. You know yeah. That's, that's like basically six under a day and some change. Yep. And it's yep. like, how do I do that? But, like. That's another thing where you, you talk about patience. I mean, you're going to have good runs. I mean, you're going to have a run of nine holes or 15 holes, you know, hopefully yeah. every week yeah. where you can feel like you can rattle six or seven off. And there's going to be runs of six or seven holes where, you know, you got to grind for par and make those eight footer for pars. But yeah. So I mean, it's like a blend of patience and, um, you know, confidence but you know you got to keep the pedal down right like you got to be patient but at the same time you got to play confidently for sure so yeah it's a tough blend but you're uh you're doing a good job balancing all that out for sure man i appreciate it yep so uh well i appreciate you brother appreciate you doing this i appreciate it man i uh hope i answered some questions and like i said if you guys ever ever have anything else for me let me know don't don't be shy for sure thanks a lot man i appreciate it good luck the rest of the season thank you i appreciate it all right take care bud That wraps up episode 61 of the Junior Golf Keys podcast with our guest this week, PGA Tour player Grayson Sig. 
I hope you guys took away some value from this episode. And if you did, please share it. Would love to get this episode out to more people. Uh, Please share the show. Uh, Go over to the podcast platform that you listen on and leave us a review. Uh, Share the podcast. Really just want to reach as many people as we can. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. You can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, send us DMs there. If you've got any you know, requests for guests or requests for content topics, uh, would love to hear from you. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode of Junior Golf Keys.